All right. Welcome back. My name is Mateo. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're here with another video. Man, we're pumping them out lately. Pumping them out. Uh, I got some comments on the hat, so I'm going to keep it on. <laughs> Somebody said that I look like the Q Shaman guy who is still in jail. There's an interesting interview with him out, actually, from the Channel 9 guy who also interviewed Shet Hanks, which is a freaking hilarious interview. But uh guy has some interesting takes. I'll just put it that way. Some of them are kind of crazy. <laughs> but uh, he's got some interesting energy, doesn't he? But someone said I look like him because of the hat. I don't see the similarity, but I think that it's fun. I think we're having fun here. We're talking about Monero. We're talking about some interesting things that are going on. Uh, I think that people are waking up to the utility of Monero. Uh, I think that there is something brewing under the surface. Can you guys smell it? Can you guys feel it? Because I'm receiving messages, and I'm receiving uh, some commentary correspondences with people who are new to Monero and are starting to see trends with people that they know and just uh, you know stuff going on online. There seem to be prominent people who are commenting more about the utility of privacy, uh, the flaws in Bitcoin, which are problematic, and uh, you know problems with Ethereum and some other cryptos, which have become way too popular, in my opinion. I mean, I don't even think Ethereum was meant to work. <laughs> I think it was a prototype, and they didn't anticipate having the success that they did. Definitely should not be worth four hundred million dollars or a billion dollars. Goodness gracious, uh, that'd be—I mean, it's ridiculous. It, it barely works. The gas fees are insane. Um, hopefully, the Darrow Bros are on it in getting their own prototype. But what, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about uh, people who are getting kicked off. The platforms which Big Tech had made for us nicely at first, they're like, hey, we got YouTube, we got PayPal, all these things are working awesome. You can transact with each other, information, money, anything you want. Oh, but wait. <laughs> after you get your million subscribers, after you get uh, everybody linked in with you, um, we're just going to pull you off if you say something we don't like. So they build up the infrastructure. They lure you in with the goodies, with uh, the services that they could provide. And then if you don't follow the rules that they just impose all of a sudden out of nowhere, politically oriented, right, uh, then you get kicked off and you get debanked, you get deplatformed, and you become unpersoned, right? And I'm reading this uh, book, 1984. Uh, I've tweeted about it a couple times. It's an interesting read. It's the first time I've read it, actually. But that's kind of what we're going through here, and that's why we need to make our own parallel economic systems. That's why we need to make our own infrastructure, ladies and gentlemen. Get more local, get more decentralized, and get off the technocratic control grid, right? Get off the digital plantation. Uh, or maybe make our own digital uh, What's utopia. It could be utopia, maybe a little cypherpunk utopia. That'd be kind of cool. But anyways, uh, first thing that I wanted to address was this guy getting his PayPal account terminated. Now, we've heard this over and over and over again, and this is something that we talked about a little bit in that Slate article response when the Slate bros came out and wanted to assail uh, Monero and say that it was like this alt-right thing or something. Um, when literally grannies sell cookies in Monero, it's like literally a thing. Um, it's ridiculous. But this is something that uh, I mentioned in that video because something that we're actually seeing is that conservatives uh, and Christians are getting deplatformed and debanked and kicked off PayPal and kicked off some of these other alternative financial application platforms. And this is something which is increasing with regularity, especially since the PayPal, uh, they partnered up with ADL. 
which is a hyper-partisan left-wing group that hates Christians, and they don't want you to be able to transact. They don't want you to be part of the economy. They don't want you to live, I don't think. They're communists, right? So they probably want to kill you, especially if you're a Christian. Uh, but just my personal take. But, yeah, I mean, this month we also learned that PayPal's tapped the ADL, laid out criteria that will allow payment services giants to successfully and essentially shut down any group that it labels, quote-unquote, extreme. And that's what the Slate people said. They said that the people using Monero now are extreme. And, look, we live in an extreme world. I mean, to be a normal person is to now be considered extreme. Uh, now, I didn't know who this guy was before I did a little bit of looking, uh, but he seems pretty normal to me. You know, there was an interesting comment up here. Uh, apparently, he was on YouTube at first. His name is Computing Forever now, uh, real name Dave Cullen. Uh, and I want to show you the comments on this video that he made. It's very white-pilling. It's very encouraging. But he is an Irish lad, a good Irish lad. We love the Irish Uh and conspiracy theorists, which essentially just means that uh, you're tuned into what's going on, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, what now is a theory that hasn't become a fact? <laughs> like, the Denver airport? Uh, we didn't go to the moon? I mean, maybe those are the most questionable. Maybe the Denver airport. I actually haven't looked into that one. But, dude, I mean, everything's come true. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm liking it so far. He holds reactionary views. Uh, and they say reactionary here again. So they're trying to use this word reactionary. Hmm, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, what do you think he could be reacting to? Uh, could it be unprecedented demographic change, uh, unprecedented political change, geopolitical change, financial change, technology changes? Uh, what what could be going on <laughs> to react to? Uh, I just can't think. I mean, why would anyone want to react to anything? I mean, aren't we just supposed to be drugged out? Are we just supposed to have all of our internet funnies and our uh, amusements so that we don't react to anything? We just kind of let the technocracy take over and enslave us for a bazillion years in a new technocratic dark age? Isn't that supposed to be what happens? <sighs> Dave Cullen says no. And so what makes him so... Uh, Spotted in the eye of Sauron, right? Cullen is against abortion. Uh, I guess that's a problem. Cullen is a strong supporter of Brexit. Okay. Uh, gay marriage, feminism, doesn't like either. Okay, that was pretty normal, what, uh, 20 years ago? He likes to talk about the evils of mainstream media. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Lord have mercy on this guy. I mean, how can anyone think CNN... And the people who are currently being arrested over there for, for some pretty messed up things. Epstinian, I guess you could say, things. Um, how can anyone think they're evil? I'm sure they're the good folks. Um, he has praised Poland. You know, the country with a high amount of immigrants that went to Britain, which triggered the entire Eurosceptic movement. Uh, what? What does this even mean? A lot of Poles went to Britain. Why would Poles go to Britain? I imagine a lot of British people are going to Poland. And the reason for that is because Poland's kicking out a lot of uh, Muslim migrants that are flooding into their Catholic country. You know, any country that has any kind of sense of self-respect and dignity, I mean, I don't think they would let that happen, would they? But, you know, maybe they're reactionary. Maybe they're reacting to some things that uh, are not 
part of the program. The left, he seems to not like the left. He seems to not like communism, apparently. You remember communism, like that thing that killed like 150 million people in the 20th century? I can't imagine why he wouldn't like it. Uh, return to religion. He says he's abandoned atheism and has returned to Christianity. God bless you, brother. Speaking of which, ortho bros, um, enjoy Theophany tomorrow. I hope that you are able to celebrate that, even though it's a work day. And, uh, yeah, he was concerned about uh, the face masks, which evidently don't work. Uh, the stabbies, again, which evidently don't work and cause more problems. The governmental responses, which destroyed civilization. Uh, he seems to be skeptical of this, which the ostensibly rational people over at Rational Wiki don't uh, think it is good. Oh, some good things. Okay, well, according to them. Now I'm starting to think these are bad things. He argues for the legalization of weed. Oh, isn't that a great thing for the rational mind? <laughs> rational Wiki. Oh, these people are a joke. So that's this guy. That PayPal terminated his account, and YouTube terminated his account as well. So now he's on Odyssey and Bitchy. But let's look at the comments real quick. So, uh... Oh, I just had to check those comments. Just wanted to make sure I didn't miss any because there are some interesting comments here. There are some interesting comments here. Uh, not great for the optics, of course. You're on YouTube, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know, gap pay is interesting. Some guy uh, in passing talked about gap pay. We're not going to focus too much on these because there are some uh, insinuations that uh, maybe on this particular platform is not going to be accepted. But... What's interesting is that Gap Pay is a new form of payment going on in Gap. Now, one of the things that I was going to be doing before I had to go back to work was reaching out to Gap. And if you don't know what Gap is, Gap is like an alternative to Twitter, better than Getter in my opinion. It's very Christian-oriented, so if you are a Christian, that may be the place that you want to go if you want to have a backup to Twitter. Maybe your takes are a little bit too based for Twitter. Uh, and they wanted to set up an alternative economic system and that's something they're working on right now they're all about the parallel economies as we are in Monero and so I thought it was going to be a good idea to work with them to integrate Monero maybe into their platform you know that'd be great because they've been debanked uh, PayPal's definitely not working with Gab at the moment uh, they're not on tight terms so um, back to this oh but reach out to Gab if you are on Gab start up an account or sorry let me just reword this. If you are in a Monero, start up an account on Gab. Talk about Monero over there. And maybe we could like set up a little Monero subculture over on Gab where uh, Monero becomes like cool over there, you know? And then uh, more people start to use it because part of that culture. Um, I feel like Monero is something that could easily be integrated into a kind of cultural element of resistance to the craziness and the technocracy going on in the world. Um, Bitcoin is not on that level because Monero is being used so often and frequently now on the alternative marketplaces. We'll put it that way, uh, on the dark nets. Um, there is sort of like this cool underground vibe that Monero has, and it's, I think, going to become very cool. It's going to become very counterculture to use this stuff, and the reason for that is, is it's anti-authoritarian. It's anti-authority, and it's all about you and I as being free independent individuals that like our privacy 
to be able to do what it is that we want and have the freedom to otherwise do without predatory Satanists trying to get up in our business. So I think that Monero is just going to take on a really cool kind of vibe here, and it's going to become kind of like Bitcoin was back in like you know 2013, 2014. I feel like it's going to uh, you know get that cool vibe. So, anyways. Speaking of cool vibes, Odyssey's got that cool vibe. We love Odyssey, and we know it's got the cool vibe because these bros are talking about Monero all over the place, which is awesome. Uh, this is from the UK Freedom Protest. And by the way, I want to give a shout-out to this guy down here uh, who let me know about this on my uh, Gen Z guy. I think he's got a YouTube channel. We've corresponded, I think. Aren't you a Monero, bro? Why are you talking about Bitcoin? Oh, here's the guy I was looking for. The Pirate Dude. Pirate Dude, thanks for reaching out to me and let me know about this. The Pirate Dude says, uh, everything is very easily trackable with Bitcoin. Once your name is linked to your wallet, all of your financial activities easily known for the rest of history. Monero is a better option. No one can figure out how much you have or where you sent it. Pirate Chain is also a good option. Cool. So, the government cannot ban Monero and Pirate Chain. Those are our best hopes. That's what he says. Uh, there are other people talking about Monero. Let me see. Uh, yeah, this dude says, Monero, gotta have freedom. Let's see here. Anything about Monero here? Uh, yeah, he's talking... There's a lot of parentheses going on. <laughs> Monero fixes this. Uh, Monero! And so, there are just so many Monero comments down here. It's just so awesome to see. A lot of them came from our channel, I think. So, what's up, Odyssey bros? Uh, good spreading the message. We love it. Uh, I think there are more Monero comments. Uh, go with Bitcoin and no one can't ban you. Uh, did he mean to say it that way? Uh, you got a lot of dislikes. <laughs> People are just waking up to this stuff, man. People are waking up. And we're going to get to this later in the video, how it really is being integrated into kind of government-sponsored surveillance thing. Uh, I think... The compliance bros, is what I've heard them called, are kind of overtaking Bitcoin now at this point. The digital currency group people are spreading their tentacles and they're getting into people's heads, I think. And if you haven't seen our digital currency group videos, go watch those. You'll get a better idea of what's going on really in crypto. We call it the crypto coup d'etat, and they're receiving tremendous amounts of influence over the new financial system, the crypto world order. Uh, the legacy financial system is getting tremendous amounts of influence in there. So he's talking about gap pay here again. Interesting stuff going on. Please start supporting privacy-oriented cryptocurrencies, Monero and Pirate Chain. A lot of stuff about Monero and Pirate Chain. What's your Monero address? So yeah, this is good, guys. This is really good. Um. Oh yeah, one of his... Uh, comments down here was about uh, the climate, I think. I think I saw that in passing. Anyway, just a funny comment from Zero Hedge. Some good optics <laughs> after that. EU proposes to exempt private jets from jet fuel tax and the yachts seem to be exempt from EU's carbon pricing plan. Uh, so yeah, it's a scam if you didn't know that already. Um, so, Business Insider, my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, says he's disgusted with two banks after he claims they're cutting ties with him over cancel culture and after his phone records were subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. So, he's being debanked. We talked about other people being debanked as well. All right, guys. So, I just wanted to include this real quick. Uh, this is pretty relevant to what we've 
have been talking about on the channel, what we're talking about in this video. So I wanted to just pop this in because uh, this came out like the last second before I was about to release the video. So I'm going to have to redo some things, but check it out. Uh, Fuentes and Patrick Casey have been subpoenaed by the FBI and they're going to have to give records and testimony. Now, they're probably going to get scooped up into this somehow. I mean, we're seeing a lot of activity with uh, other people who are getting tied into this whole committee thing. And this committee thing is blowing up to justify huge expansions of government power. I mean, they're calling this the new 9-11. And they're doing that because it gives them a pretext to set up what we're going to talk about later in the video, uh, as you'll see, is a terrorist unit at the Department of Justice, which is going to be probably interlinked with OFAC and the Treasury Department and other departments, and probably the FBI, right? So check this out. One word is going to stand out to you down here. You see that word? You see Bitcoin, right? Um, so let's go ahead and just read all this, and then we'll have some context. Nicholas J. Fuentes and Patrick Casey, the leaders of or are leaders of the America First or Groyper movement, and were present on the Capitol grounds on January 6th. Both individuals participated in events prior to January 6th, promoting unsupported claims about the election, uh, unsupported, that's funny, including at the November 4th, 2020 Million MAGA March in Washington, D.C., and the December 12th, 2020 Stop Steel rallies also in Washington, D.C., where they called for the, the destruction of the Republican Party for failing to overturn the election. Now, you could probably argue... Because of that right there, they're going to make the argument that they should be brought in. Uh, but check this out. This is interesting that they include this. Because, in my opinion, this is almost completely unrelated. But it's just so fascinating that they include this. So check it out. According to public reports, again, public reports for a public blockchain, both Fuentes and Casey received tens of thousands of dollars in Bitcoin from a French computer programmer. Okay, so here are the data points that they want you to know. Bitcoin... Number one, which they'll probably say is associated with darknet activity, illegal activity, when it's really Monero, uh, for the most part, even though there's still some Bitcoin being used. Uh, French computer programmers, so they're expanding the scope to say domestic events are being influenced by foreign actors. So a French computer programmer, um, I'm surprised they didn't use the word hacker instead of programmer, funds the FBI has scrutinized. So again, new data point, FBI, which you know, sends chills down your spine. It's like, okay, the feds are involved. Well, what's going on? And they've scrutinized to assess whether the funds from this donor were linked to the capital attack or otherwise used to fund illegal activity. Uh, okay. So that's interesting, right? That is interesting. So this part of the report never would have been included if instead of Bitcoin being there, it was Monero. <laughs> so that's interesting. Now, I'm not saying it's good that Monero... Uh, you know, it could be used to fund events like this or whatever. I'm not saying any of that at all. Again, none of this is political, but uh, it's just interesting to know. And let's take a look as to how these public reports came about. Um, again, sent from France to U.S. far-right groups, according to ABC News here. Um, and I'll go ahead and I always do this. I'll bring it back down here. Okay. Um, so a French computer programmer transferred more than $500,000 in Bitcoin to far-right activists just before his death last month, including some involved in the Capitol riot. Uh, Chainalysis, our 
buddies over at Chainalysis, who we've run into many, many times, right? A firm that investigates Bitcoin transactions found that the majority of the 22 transactions sent on December 8th went to Nick Fuentes, a far-right internet influencer who is in the crowd in Washington, but has denied being part of the deadly mob that stored the capital. Okay, so Chainalysis, again, who is funded by the Digital Currency Group, um, doing work for the feds to scrutinize Bitcoin transactions. Okay, and as you'll see later in the video, um, OFAC censors transactions and blacklists Bitcoin address, which are associated with terrorista activity, right? So um, that is interesting. I don't think there's anything to see here. Um, the 35-year-old Frenchman who transferred the money posted a suicide. Oh, that's sad. A self-deletion note on his blog the next day saying he was chronically ill and wanted to leave his wealth to certain causes and people. Um, Chainalysis did not release the man's identity. But by retracing the researcher's steps, an Associated Press journalist found his blog and note. A funeral home published his obituary, including burial information, but later deleted it. A cached version can still be found on the Internet. Uh, federal investigators in the United States are looking into possible coordination or planning ahead of the riot and are using a number of methods they deploy routinely, routinely, right, in criminal investigations, including examining financial transactions and cell phone and travel records. So, yeah. The chain analysis investigation found that the Frenchman sent 28 bitcoins worth about $522,000 to 22 addresses, including many belonging to uh, these people. So that is pretty crazy, right? And we can anticipate this to continue. And as you'll get into the video, um, and I'm not sure where I'm going to stick this in here, but you'll be able to establish a context for understanding that this is a surveillance system. Okay? And they are going to be able to scrutinize, and they're going to be able to track and trace your transactions, and one thing to think about, this just came to my mind, but think about this. This is so key. So maybe the feds already don't like this guy. They already don't like Fuentes, okay? And there's probably reason to believe that. Uh, they have a bias, it seems, against conservatives and Christians. So think about this, right? What if this computer programmer was some Russian hacker, okay? But the Russian hacker had been flipped, by the feds already. Like he was maybe working for the feds, but he still has a lot of Bitcoin, right? So the Russian hacker has this address, which is on an OFAC blacklist. And maybe OFAC doesn't have the influence right now in order to effectively stop transactions from occurring uh, because they don't have the control over the hash rate yet. But it's still on their notice, okay? And maybe they get this Russian hacker to send Bitcoin to Fuentes here. Okay. And then they show up at Fuentes' house and they say, hey, did you know that you had received funds which are associated with foreign overseas terroristas or hackers or fraudsters or whatever? We're going to have to take you in. We're going to have to investigate you. We're going to have to see where all your money's coming from. We're going to have to see what you're doing with your finances. That can happen. Okay. If they don't like somebody... They get somebody who they've already gotten into their web, gotten into their influence with blackmail or whatever, 
a plea deal or something. And they get that person to send Bitcoin to a wallet address of somebody that they want to look into. They go to that person who they want to look into and say, hey, you have received funds from what we suspect strongly to be illegal activity. Now we're going to have to put you under investigation. You don't think that could happen? You don't think that could happen? So again, get past the politics, get past whatever it is you want to maybe scrutinize this as and have an opinion on. This is important for a number of reasons to understand. This is important. So is there anything else I want to say? I don't think so. I'm just going to pop this in the video. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the content. Bye. Um, forget using PayPal. Oh, we already talked about that. So let's get into how this is going to be twisted, in my opinion. Uh, where's my screen? Let me make sure that this ain't blocking stuff up. Let me move it to the bottom here. You guys have requested that. Dun, dun, dun. Yada, da, yada. By the way, I am now monetized on YouTube. If you haven't noticed those wonderful commercials that I'm sorry you have to watch now, maybe you won't be having to watch those for long because uh, of what we're talking about. U.S. House of Representatives to create crypto task force joining SEC and CFTC members. Um, so this is from back in April. So this is probably uh, a little bit dated, but it did pass. They do have the uh, crypto task force in effect now. And what's funny about this is that this was passed in a bill called Eliminate Barrier to Innovation Act 2021. Now, all you have to do to eliminate barriers of innovation, guys, is to not have any bills get passed. Like, you don't need the government involved. It's very easy. The bill aims to create an entity predominantly made up of employees from two regulatory bodies, the, CE, the SEC and the CFTC. Dude, so dumb. And check this out. It says down here that the Crypto Center Task Force will need to assemble a report on the regulatory framework for digital assets and assess how a lack of regulatory clarity for cryptocurrencies has impacted primary and secondary markets. Additionally, the task force will need to measure the regulatory framework for cryptocurrencies established in the U.S. against that established in other countries. The Crypto Task Force will then need to provide recommendations on how to improve the situations of digital asset markets, as well as establish strategies to reduce fraud and cash manipulation. Now, I don't even know what that means, cash manipulation. Uh, like counterfeiting Monero, counterfeiting, like what does that mean? Uh, and reducing fraud. Now, we've heard uh, the whole fraud thing so many times over the last few years in regards to why it is there needs to be more KYC and AML. And, you know, on the Lightning Network, they're going to have like these watchtowers that are going to watch out and make sure that nobody's being defrauded because it's like super hyper complicated to run one of these lightning network nodes for the average person and so they could get defrauded by somebody if they're not checking the invoices and things um so yeah i mean reduce fraud that means more regulation right so more regulation which means more barriers of entry which is what regulation does and they're trying to eliminate barriers of entry and that key so yeah i mean they're going to be establishing a crypto task force and I imagine that the crypto task force is going to be working with OFAC in order to make sure that transactions are processed in a legal way on these blockchains. And you can be sure that the Department of the Treasury, the new crypto task force, and the Department of Justice are going to work together. And guess what the, the Department of Justice is now doing? The Department of Justice is creating a new domestic terrorista unit. Uh, 
but experts are skeptical about whether it'll make Americans safer. Dude, they're literally going to go after Americans. Uh, it's not going to make them safer. <laughs> uh, the Department of Justice announced it's creating a unit to fight. Now, I mean, we've had a lot of this, not a lot, I would say, but a decent amount of this over the last 20, 30 years with Oklahoma City and uh, you know 9-11 and all this stuff. But now they're deciding to create this thing out of whole cloth all of a sudden. Kind of makes you think, right? Like, what's going on? Could there be anticipations of domestic instability for whatever reason? I mean, is that why they're literally, like, making a wall around the White House? What's going on? What is going on? Uh, domestic terroristas... Okay, we don't need to go into this, but just look at what OFAC aims to do. And we've talked about OFAC extensively on the channel. They're essentially the entity which determines whether or not transactions are legal or not. Uh, and that sounds really simplistic, but that's essentially what they do. Uh, they enforce economic and trade sanctions based on U.S. foreign policy and national security goals targeted uh, against targeted foreign countries. And look at this word, terroristas, right? So you've got this being formed and you've got this going on right now. Now, you may be listening to this and you may be like, okay, well, you're getting a little bit conspiratorial. Am I? Am I? Uh, Marathon, in May of last year, set up the first OFAC-compliant Bitcoin mining pool. Okay. Now, I think they reneged on that. I think they said, you know, we're going to go along with the culture and we're not going to, you know, uh, censor transactions, which is, which is essentially what they did uh, by having an OFAC-compliant pool. And we're going to expect more of this, especially as the ESG initiative picks up, which is sponsored by BlackRock, who invests in a lot of Bitcoin mining operations. Um, and we have incredible amounts of hash power moving to the United States because of the instability in Kazakhstan, which had about 18% of all the hash rate for the Bitcoin blockchain, uh, the crackdowns going on in China, the European energy problems. I mean, so many incentives are festering right now to move a lot of Bitcoin mining operations to the United States right now, uh, or at least going back to June of last year when the most recent data was there, we had 36% of the hash rate, 36%. And so with everything going on, I imagine we're not too far away from 50 and you don't even need 50% anyway. Um, Josh Bednar has made arguments that you could censor the Bitcoin blockchain. OFAC could have significant influence over censoring transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain with just 10% of miners being OFAC compliant. So that is definitely something to consider for Bitcoin and its ostensible permissionless future. Now we'll see if it, if it can stay that way. But with everything going on um, and with what we're about to get into here, I am skeptical of this. So let's get to the main news that I kind of want to talk about here. This is kind of a big deal to me. Maybe it's a big deal to you guys. Let me know in the comments. But Swiss crypto firm automates FATF compliant Bitcoin transactions. Um, so they're creating uh, virtual asset service provider tools and services that could allow transactions to automatically comply with FATF, the Financial Action Task Force, and probably other regulations too. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. And it could be that if you're a business in the future and Bitcoin really does get off the ground and you know, uh, you know, know, big corporates start to transact this stuff, settle this stuff, it could be you can only use certain wallets 
right, that are fitted with these tools. So let's read this article. Uh, financial regulators across the world are implementing the FATF recommended travel rules. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, maybe this will go into it. There's a lot to it. Three Swiss companies have together carried out the first automated Bitcoin transaction fully compliant. Uh, please go away. What is this? What is going on? Go away. Go away. I don't need to. Oh, my goodness. Uh, transaction fully compliant with the Swiss Financial Market Supervisory Authority, FINMA. And we have fine sent over here in the United States, which I imagine is similar. Anti-money laundering provisions. Announced today a transaction in Bitcoin worth $21 million. Around $23 million. Oh, uh, Swiss franc, $23 million. It was transferred between crypto finance and Mr. Pelerin. Um... The global adoption of crypto assets requires an international standard as well as the technology and processes to comply with it. Now, this is just an interesting sentence. The global adoption of crypto assets requires an international standard. Well, isn't the international standard just the code? Uh, isn't it the code for the crypto to be used? Oh, but they're talking about regulations to edit the code and make it in its own image, right? It's not the code which was foreseen by Satoshi. It was the code that was uh, established by the tax pros. <laughs> the tax code is what we're talking about, the regulatory codes. Um, and we've talked about here on the channel, it's been a while since we've talked about this, but they are literally going to create international tax codes that are going to be embedded into computer code and made interoperable with cryptocurrencies. Public blockchains like Bitcoin, Ethereum, they specifically mentioned smart contract technologies um, and how easy that's going to make the administration of tax. And with this going on, we're just seeing more evidence that everything is heading this way. Uh, if you use a transparent public blockchain like Ethereum, like Bitcoin, etc., Ripple, then you're going to have everything that you do on the blockchain be 100% compliant with regulations and tracked and traced and taxed like you wouldn't believe. Like people freak out about the IRS seeing what's going on in your bank account if you transact over $600. Now, luckily they got rid of that, but seriously, if you're worried about that, but you're not worried about this... I think you've got a little bit of a disconnect. Uh, check out Monero, right? Killing the anonymity. Uh, FINMA has updated its AML rules considering the Financial Action Task Force recommended travel rules that require mandatory dis disclosure of the originator and recipient identities for any crypto transactions above $1,000. Just $1,000. And by the way, this isn't one of those things that you can get around by just you know, sending 500 bucks here, 500 bucks here, whatever. Um, from most of the regulations that I'm aware of, it's cumulative. And if you try to, you know, get around this by sending multiple transactions, you're going to get in trouble. That was how uh, the whole $10,000 thing, which was introduced in the most recent bill, which was passed, that's how that was, uh, where you have to report, I'm trying to remember this, uh, you have to report transactions in 
DeFi and in uh, crypto payments for businesses and trades, um, you have to report that to, uh, I believe it's FineSend. I think it's FineSend, yeah. And you, you can't have like different payments going here and there to get around it if it's cumulative then. So that's not a lot of money. And so a lot of people are going to have to comply with this stuff, right? And so a lot of people are just going to sign on automatically to using this stuff. So the fact that Bitcoin has that feature to be transparent and to uh, be able to so easily opt into regulation is going to make it so that that is its destiny, in my opinion. Um, that's just going to be like water flowing downstream, in my opinion. And that's not great. That's not great. Regulators across the globe are implementing these recommendations to curb the rampant financial crimes using digital currencies. The speedy implementation of the FATF travel rule by financial intermediaries demonstrates the competence with which the Swiss crypto ecosystem is taking the lead. Um, where are you guys leading us exactly? The Zug... <laughs> I almost said something else. The Zug... Based firm software enables financial intermediaries and other virtual asset service providers to implement the FATF travel rule in compliance with FINMA over the open VAS protocol and the travel rule protocol. And the process is complete without any manual intervention. So this is kind of what's going on, right? Kind of what's going on. Let's see what the takes are. Um, I believe Samurai Watt had an interesting take on this. They get mad when I warn them that Bitcoin is being captured right before our eyes. They will either willfully ignore this or cheer it on in the hopes it pumps their bags. Make Bitcoin street again. Or just buy an arrow, right? I like uh, Samurai Walton. I think they have a decent product. Uh, but here's the deal. Just like water flows downstream, if the big institutions... And Kevin O'Leary has talked about this. If the big institutions say to the Bitcoin bros, hey, we will flood Bitcoin with trillions of dollars and more money than you know what to do with if you trade your privacy and your security, most of the Bitcoin bros would say, absolutely, let's do it. That's my opinion. I think that uh, most people in Bitcoin aren't there for the revolution. They're there for the bags to be pumped. They're there for the, the attendees, right? Uh, with Monero, it's different. I think a lot of the people in Monero are really in love with freedom and are really antagonistic to just unbelievable levels of authoritarianism, which we're now seeing. The people in Bitcoin, I think, have this plot where it's like they'll make a lot of money in Bitcoin and then they'll be safe from like the catastrophe which is coming. Um but maybe they're not thinking to themselves this is actually going to be an international financial system. Maybe they're thinking that, uh, you know, this is just a way to get rich, which it's gotten a lot of people rich, which I think is one of the main appeals of it now. Uh, because anything that gets people rich so quick, so fast, I mean, that attracts everybody, doesn't it? On like a primal, instinctive, flesh-laden level. But I don't think it's about freedom anymore, guys. I don't think it's about freedom anymore. And uh, I think that it's interesting that Peter McCormick, uh, Pompliano, and all these other people, Michael Saylor even, Saylor the Savior, Asap Spurg, 
It's like they know about Monero. And even Sailor has said, hey, if you want something better, you may need a Monero. It's like they know about Monero. They know it's fungible. They know it's private. They know it's fast. They know the transaction costs are cheap. They know about RandomX and how resilient it is to geopolitical turmoil. They know about all these things. And yet they pump Bitcoin anyway. And we're led to believe that this is for freedom. We're led to believe that this is for human liberty and uh, you know, conquering the evil third-party system. No, I don't think so. I, I'm skeptical of this. So let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on here. Like, let's just see what the reaction is. Swiss crypto firm. This is in the R Bitcoin chat. They're talking about this. So this guy says, yay, let's introduce legacy security problems into cryptocurrency transactions. The idea is nice, but the implementation is backwards. We should be lobbying government regulator SRO to run a secure identity system and to use coconut credentials and or zero knowledge proofs to prove identity and have selective reveal for traceability. I mean, bro, this is just against everything crypto is supposed to be about. First off, lobbying government? Bro, come on. Stop. The government's going to do what it wants. Um, don't be ridiculous. But you're going to grovel to the government, bro? Like, the Monero bros are not about groveling to the government. It's about, hey, we're going to make this code, and we're going to be able to freely transact with each other with our money. How cool is that? Was there anything about government there? <laughs> no, not really. Uh you can't stop it, right? That's the whole point. Dun, dun, dun. At least this guy says, this is exactly what I don't need. Cool. But this bro says, fantastic. One less excuse available by governments and banks to adopt it and to give them the tendies, right? So that's the, I think that's the general vibe, right? I think that's the vibe, bro. Uh, there's more to talk about here, but I may save this for another time. There's just some interesting developments going on. Uh, Prime Minister Modi from India is seeking synchronized global action in tackling challenges posed by cryptocurrency. And remember, he was proposing that they ban crypto in India altogether. Um, and they're working on their own CBDC over there. There is an interesting thing that I want to show you guys. Um, this was tweeted by the Money Today Show, a good friend of the channel. He um, tweeted out a great resource to look at talking about all the updates going on with CBDCs around the world. Let's see. Yeah, so check this out. This is from the Atlantic Council, who is like one of the big globalistic groups. And this is a way that you could see the development of the CBDCs throughout the world by governments. Uh, what's going on? So 10% are launched, 16% are in pilot, 70% uh, in research, or no, 43% in research, 70% in development. So a lot are going on. 87 countries are exploring a CBDC. In May 2020, only 35 were considering a CBDC. So this is a movement growing rapidly. Uh, nine countries have now fully launched a digital currency. Nine countries. Nigeria is the latest. Crazy, dude. Um, but this is going on in the backdrop. 
And remember, when China started to release their CBDC, they really crapped down on crypto. India is now in research. They're intent on making CBDC. Uh, Russia's in development. Australia's in development. Canada's in development. Um, so, who has launched their CBDC? Nigeria? Ecuador? Interesting. CBD status canceled. Oh, maybe they opted out or something. I don't even see the countries which have launched this thing. Sengali. CBD status canceled. Are they all canceled? The ones that launched? Maybe they failed. Oh, two canceled. Where are these ones that launched? Can I see these? Uh, the Bahamas has their own crypto. Interesting. Eastern Caribbean. Seven countries. Oh. Man, there's some interesting things going on in the Caribbean I didn't know about. Uh, cool. So, yeah, just understand with all of these cryptos in development here, there's going to be a global assault on cryptos which grant you financial freedom because that's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. Uh, while also asking whether multilateral organizations are equipped to tackle such modern challenges. Ba yeah, this guy's got it. Basically, synchronized attack. Uh, baby Dodge Bros are back. <laughs> so crazy, man. Um, yeah, Pakistan's federal uh, crime agency plans to ask the country's telecoms authorities to block access to crypto websites. So, crackdown's going on there. Uh, oh, my goodness. i got to reload every one of these. Uh, Singapore's central bank has issued their guidelines that limit crypto firms from advertising their services to the public. So there's more pressure coming down. There's more pressure coming up. This is not adoption. The only adoption we've really seen of Bitcoin is in Ecuador. And uh, we'll see what happens to that guy. We'll see. I think he said he's not buying the dip because, you know, he, he bought the dip $10,000 ago at 50, I think. So these are just interesting developments going on. And there are some good things here about Monero. And we've talked about how Monero is going to allow for the defeat of the CBDC enemies because of Hanveno, which is coming along swellingly. So uh, and we talked about that in that one, uh, what is it? Monero is rocking the market or conquering the market or something like this. It's not now. <laughs> Let's see where it's at. I think it uh, was at $200 last time I checked, and it was at $220 uh, when we did that video, and it was doing pretty good, but it's been drooping a little bit. That's fine. I still smell the instinctive interest in private cryptocurrencies and the wonderful things that's going to come from Monero. I mean, just think about it, guys. Again, Monero's only got a market cap of about $4 billion. Uh, Bitcoin's got a market cap of about $800 billion. I mean, if it takes up, again, 10% of that market cap, that's 20x, okay? So, I mean, if you're in it for the gains, they're there. Uh, and if you get major gains, they're private, still pay your taxes, still comply, I gotta say that. But, like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna be fine, bro. I, I think Monero is just the most obvious freaking trade in the world. Seriously. It's just so easy. Buy Monero, guys. Not financial advice, but uh, yeah. 
the case continues to be made. In all of our uh, videos that we've done on the channel, guys, uh, with all of the bullish cases that we made from Monero, are still completely relevant and continue to get more relevant, I think, by the day. With the news that continues to come out, I think our theses are going to play out accordingly, which is in some cases a good thing, some cases a bad thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was going to be awesome. So that's all i got to say. Renee Mateo, thanks for tuning in. Uh, check us out on the social medias. Um, Gab, Odyssey especially, Twitter, uh, Telegram. Check out the Telegram for the base ticks. Uh, donation links below, all that stuff. And... Thank you for the patrons. Uh, I have a few patrons who stuck out throughout the last month or so when I really wasn't making videos. I appreciate you guys a lot. Josh, I know that you're one of those patrons. Let me see if I can pull up the others just to give you guys some some cred, some shout-outs. I should really do it at the beginning of the video, though. Forgive me. Who are the patrons? I believe Lutz. You're still a patron, so thank you, Lutz. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell me who my patrons are. Oh my gosh. Uh, Ken? Uh, Ronan? Henrik? Stu I don't think Stuart is anymore. Uh, I, I can't see him now, but uh, thank you guys for continuing to support me. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to come back or not. Here I am, and I guess we'll make videos for as long as it's uh, cool. I guess. I've got a lot of stuff going on. But whenever I got the time, you know I'm going to pump out the content because I love this stuff. I love Monero, and I love freedom, and I love our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ more than everything. And so, yep, that's it. Monero Mateo, God bless. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.